You're Fancy have martini. To, I forgot we were recording already. Gary, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. I can't be saying bad words. I'm going to have to chop that part off. Yeah. Can you hear us, Nancy? We can't hear us yet. Yeah, then she can. No. We hear her. No. I haven't said anything yet. Oh, there you go. (laughs) You are loud and clear now that you're saying something. This is is like a modern miracle here. Well, that, wow. that it is. All righty. Can you see That's us? Good. I can see you guys. Can you see me? Well, we can't, and we don't have to see you if you don't want us to see you. But if you'll push the video deal down on the left-hand side, bottom. Left, bottom. Oh, yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll use that at my discretion. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. You got the control. A little well, you, power is a dangerous thing. You look nice this morning, Nancy. We're not used oh. to having nice-looking people on our podcast. So, well, aren't you nice? Well, we'll try to <laughs> your hair's combed and lots of good things. Ours yeah, isn't. there you go. <laughs> I've seen that sunshine coming in your window, and that kind of impresses me. Uh, well, welcome to Texas. Yeah, I don't Texas. think we're going to see that today, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking storm rolling in here for the today for the weekend and stuff. So, yeah. Oh well. Yep. Do you have any snow on the ground up here, way? Oh no, no. It you guys sometimes get more than we do. It kind of looks and feels like it's going to snow, but not yet. Yeah, Nancy Martini. Is our guest today. She lives about what an hour and 15 minutes up the river from me, something like that. Yeah, we for as as close as we live, we didn't see each other very much until lately. Kind of been seeing a little bit more of you down this way. Is he being uh, nice, Nancy, or is he yelling at you? No, it's it's a true thing, you know, Wilson. Carrie and I are so dedicated to our jobs, we stay home a lot. (laughs) I think I've only run into him in town maybe, I know twice in the last 15 years. So he's he's not off playing in town much, and I try not to be either. So yeah, I'm known as Katie's husband around here because I never go to town. I, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to get around town. So it's all good. Yeah, everybody knows that Jim does the grocery shopping at our house. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. No, that's uh, not very integrated in the community. It seems like that's just the way it's been. But I still, we still got more things going on than I can keep up with. This podcast, of course, being one of them, but uh, and whose fault is that? I know, I know. You got the same disease I do. Sure, I can Will, do that. Willie. I'd love to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we well, can rub off on Marcy, on Nancy about it, right? Yeah, she stays pretty busy. I noticed too. She's got a lot of stuff. Seems like you got more things going on now than you probably ever have too, Nancy. I I do. I kind of they kind of drug me out of the shop. I'm really good to keep myself busy. 
if I trim out one or two things, I just come up with two or three more. So <laughs> I never gain any ground, but I'm not a social person. So uh, about five years ago, I guess, when Tammy Pate started The Art of the Cowgirl is when I kind of started actually getting out and getting involved with people and and then by default start doing a little teaching so and then the idaho commission on the arts kind of at the very same time they they started a women's meeting for uh the western crafts pretty much not just saddle making and leather work but we had uh silversmiths and braiders and cinch makers and and so that got me more involved too it's it's good to be public it's hard to it's hard to run a business without it so i'm glad you're out it's a good thing well it, the social media thing i i say that social media is great for making unsociable people look sociable <laughs> that's boy right. that's the truth <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I I can appear real friendly and chatty online. <laughs> Reality, I just stay here and talk to myself most of the time. But three way arguments, right? Me, myself, and I. We argue. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think we all. This is like going to an AA meeting, isn't it? We're we're all pretty <laughs> much cut out of the same fabric. We all got the same kind of disease and same dispositions and stuff like that. So. But, uh, they, they also say in AA, uh, um, everything in here is is an opinion. So take what you like and leave the rest. You know. So maybe that's what they should do with our podcast: take what you like and leave the rest. Oh, well, I think that absolutely happens for sure. Well, Nancy, I've I've known you for for a long, long time. You guys were producing some junior rodeos, and I was part of a rodeo committee and stuff like that doing a little bit of work in the stripping shoots and things like that and and uh that has been an embarrassingly long time ago <laughs> but uh maybe you can tell us a little bit you were all you were kind of crafty back then though even bo even before you started building saddles you had kind of like to do stuff with your hands build things and whatnot yeah, right off, you start talking about the age thing, but yeah. <laughs> I apologize, but I but yeah. uh, I'm in the same boat, so yeah, I know. Well, it, it's just it's just what it is, so yeah. we kind of just have to deal with it. I promised the next person that mentioned my age, I was going to sock them in the eye, but <laughs> safe today, so we'll get by. But I I actually had heard of you Carrie when you were when we were kids because your family was real good friends with my best friend's family hmm. uh Ruth Seavers oh yeah mm -hmm. you know so I I had heard of you and then yeah we never really got acquainted till we were kind of adults and out on our own and but I had um Heck, I started leather work when I was 15. So I had basically 15 years of handling and tooling leather before I ever built a saddle. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, that's a little different than a lot of people nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. And and I think I I couldn't building a saddle was overwhelming to me. You know, I built the first one and, and it took me dang near a full year to get my nerve up to build another one. Cause it there's so many parts and pieces and People don't understand that. They just want to start leather work and start building saddles. And mm -hmm. If it was only so easy. You know, I, I find that there's two types of individuals in the shop. And there's those ones like you, Nancy, that are very cautious and tentative about getting their feet wet and, and embracing and honoring, um, the, respecting, I guess, is a, re, embracing and respecting the task at hand. Like it's big and they want to make sure that they do it all right. There's some that will never jump off into it. And then there's those others, which I might've been a little bit like this. You just kind of think you get the idea and oh, I can do it. And away you go, you know? And so there, there's the two type of individuals that both of you are learning and going and doing the one that jumps off in there gets a lot of bumps on his head. I'll say that, but, but uh, yeah, that's cool that you went ahead and did it. I'm proud of you. Cause some don't, some don't make the next step. See that well, happening. I had, I had some incentive in that, um, we lived about 55 miles from Dale Harwood, oh. and my husband had, he had a hardwood saddle, and, uh, you know, so he knew Dale, and then I got to meet Dale, and somehow he, he talked Dale into building me a couple trees, so Dale and his, his one son, Todd, built these two trees for me and I got them as a Christmas present. Obviously the best Christmas present I ever got, <laughs> you know, and then I, I think part of Dale's deal, he didn't really take people and mentor them or tutor them, but here he had these two trees that he'd built. Well, he sure didn't want me out there on my own building the saddle and then telling people, yeah, it's on a hardwood tree. So he agreed to help me and I'd go down to his place when he had time and we'd spend a, a half a day or whatever. And he, he'd got me started. He'd talk and tell me things. And I got a little notebook and of course, Carrie, I still have it. The ink's about where you can't read it, but <laughs> I took notes and drew little sketches and then I'd go home and do what I could, which was basically the tooling. It, you know, I, I had time and the ability to tool on that saddle. So then when Dale had time, I'd run back down and we did that over the course of a few months and I got a saddle built. Well, I guess it, I guess it helps to have one of the, one of the legends in your back pocket to increase courage then right that's awesome oh absolutely absolutely now on my kids saddle which I had got one tree for me and one for my kids well I had the information I wrote down that book and Dale he kind of he kind of weaned me away he said you know go ahead <laughs> so yeah. when I'd get in a real wreck on it and just be I don't know what to do well, I'd call him and he'd either walk me through it or I'd run down there and he'd bail me out. So I got the kid's saddle built and it's it's still in use today. It's still rideable. And of course, there's 
every time I'd make some ginormous mistake. And, and that's been my best teacher other than doing it right is learning from my mistakes. So I, I did that and we were in the, we produced rodeos and, and was out, you know, had cows, had a ranch, did day work. So we were out amongst the people and right off, I get a saddle order because they're looking at my saddle that I built under Dale's tutelage and they're thinking, man, she can build a saddle. So a <laughs> uh, little false perception there maybe, but I just went to taking orders and, and Dale got me lined up with the tree maker and, and I went to building saddles. Perfect. Straight word of mouth. I never, I don't know how many years it was before I ever had a spec saddle, a long time. A long time because I was I was busy, you know, I had three kids and a house to maintain and the rodeo business and the cows. And so I I had enough and it worked all the time in the shop, what it allowed, you know, still making shaps and things like that. So um, you know, just slowly I just started taking them orders and trying to do the best I could. Absolutely. Well, Nancy's a worker. That's we can't we can't uh can't say that she's come by this easily. She's just thrown herself completely into into her trade and and cowboys have been kind of your bread and butter, hasn't it, all these years? They have. And definitely um having the association with Dale where where people could see my first saddle and being out there in public, you know, with that saddle. And by public, I mean either out a rodeo or, you know, cowboying somewhere. Um, that that gave me the start that a lot of people don't have. And then obviously a lot of my orders were from pretty local people. So every time I build a saddle, it was other guys around were seeing it. So uh, I I built a pretty quick base there just from local people. Well, word of mouth is such an important thing and first impression, right? So your first saddle was a great one. And, you know, I shouldn't say great because we, we all, you probably look at me and say, well, you should have seen the second one. It was better than the first one. That's what we hope. But you, you did a good quality product to begin with and then continued to improve and and word of mouth is a key ingredient. It, it was similar for me too. And I assume you too, Carrie, right? I mean, it was word of mouth and just one thing led to the next one customer led to the next. Yep. Absolutely. You just, uh, chip away at it one at a time with that customer in mind. And, uh, so Nancy, you, you, you found your, your voice, as you say, with, uh, teaching and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, uh, how has that changed anything in your life, in your craft, and in your trade by teaching? Has that changed anything, your view uh, of how things work? I, I'm sure I've heard you guys mention it, and you know this, that when you teach, you learn. So um, I find it as soon as I, and I'm really about um, everything has got to be justified, whether you ask me to justify it or not. If I do a procedure a certain way, I'm going to tell you why I do it that way. 
And so as, as I'm teaching, every time I explain a step, I'm going to, I'm going to validate that. But as you do it out loud, you might've never really thought about that before, but as you say it, then it becomes real. So that way it kind of solidifies things that you're doing right. But hopefully it also opens you up to things that, oh, well, huh, didn't think about that before. <laughs> so there's always things that um, you can change and modify, even though you think you've got it dialed in perfectly. And that's that's a really fun part of teaching for me is figuring out little things that, gosh, I'd have probably never thought of that if I hadn't stopped and had someone ask me about it or tried to demonstrate it to someone else articulating and demonstrating is very enlightening isn't it i mean that's what yep. you're saying this is it brings so much to light you, you think you have it figured out i've done it so many times but it's yep. awesome yeah i i agree 100 percent. i think some of the best horsemen in the world are clinicians and uh not that all of them are top shelf but anytime you can teach you, you're trying to teach something especially with craftsmanship horsemanship artistry some of the some of this stuff is not easy to learn it's not easy to teach so so you kind of have to unpack it repackage and all of that kind of stuff in order to try to try to make a connection with somebody and uh that's not an easy thing to do and when you all of that that mental process of doing all that just makes you more engaged with uh with what you got going on so well not anybody can teach either like teaching's not easy it, it's a it's a challenge and uh, i know some guys that are incredible craftsmen that just teaching's not their not their jam you know and, and i get that i understand it and it's kind of that's fun to hear from you, Nancy, that you know you, you enjoyed solitary confinement in your shop, and and now have recently jumped out there and, and embrace the social aspect because that may be the hardest thing for us uh, introverts is to jump out there in public and not expect to get bit, right? Yeah, and and it's way easier to think about at home than it is when you actually. <laughs> I get in front of people and I like, oh yeah, remember how easy this was? Back <laughs> when no one was listening or looking at you. But um I I tend to like I do a couple trade shows. Well, I tell people I only go where I know people and they're my kind of people. Mm -hmm. So it, it's easier to relate and people are interested. Yeah. Uh, if they're drawn to your product, they want to know about it. So, uh, boy, that's the pork chop around your neck. You know, that gives you something to talk about with them. I always say if, if I can talk about what it is that I do, then it's pretty easy. But if I have to talk about something I have no clue about, just make up a talk to be talking. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not yep. going to be good at that. Yeah, for sure. Well, we had a little gathering here in Idaho, and uh, Idaho, I think, is easily the leader of of uh, putting things together with the State Arts Commission and stuff, and Stephen Hatcher there at the Idaho Commission on the Arts. He's a folk arts director that's been so helpful over the years, and, and we've had three different Idaho saddle makers gatherings, two of which were right here in my hometown, and uh, 
Nancy was able to make it to the last one and and they they put together a little critique panel and Nancy was part of that and and uh wow I heard Nancy say more stuff during that time than <laughs> than I'd ever known her in, in all these years and stuff and we talked a little bit about that and you said it took you quite a long time to finally find your voice but you're pretty comfortable with it now so that's cool now I'm on the side where, boy, did I need to dial that back? I didn't let them other two guys talk <laughs> yeah, at all, but yeah. they seem comfortable letting me talk. So I just yeah. went ahead. No, when you, the thing is, when you got, and I encourage you that with that, because you have something to say. You, you've got so much experience. You've, you've made hundreds of saddles, and most of which have been for people who are using the heck out of them. So you have direct knowledge of, of a lot of stuff, especially from the functional aspect of things. So you have, it's good to hear your voice and it's, it's good that you're out there and teaching and discussing all this stuff. Well, thank you. I, I try to be since, since I've gained a little um, in that I've tried to, um, be helpful to people without sounding critical. You know, you you kind of have to walk that tightrope too, because I don't I don't usually want to offend people, but I want to get my point across, and and that goes back to the validating every like them saddles that we were looking at there. You know, there was some really good workmanship, but there was things that I felt like from a functional standpoint, they needed to be aware of what could happen down the road. So I try to express that in hopes that, you know, maybe somebody can uh, dodge a bullet that I had happen. And, and mm -hmm. unfortunately with cowboys, you end up with guys that, whether they intend to or not, they use the stuff hard. And so things happen. So basically I've seen a lot of things go wrong with saddles and some of them uh, were user fault and some of them maybe were in the construction that could have been avoided. And back to that hard lesson learned, avoid that next time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask, I bet you've got a bunch of, of old saddles back for repairs that you made. And at that point, it's always for me, a, a great opportunity to evaluate what it is that I've done, you know, and how to improve on it. So I bet making that many saddles for guys that use them as hard as you're talking about, I bet you have got a bunch of stuff back, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's a good thing. Not that it all broke. Some of it just needs to be put back together. Whatever reason. Yes. Hopefully it's a wear issue and, I've got one sitting here that it's it's not super old. It's all oh, 13, 14 years old. And it, a lot of my customers are repeat customers. So this is this guy's, I don't know, sixth or seventh saddle, somewhere in that range. And <clears throat> I have the advantage, you know, when you have a customer that long, well, they're getting older too. So hopefully they're getting a little <laughs> harder and maybe not riding as hard as they were. So this one, it's seen a lot of wear, but not like the earlier saddles, but there's there's definitely things there that I can see like, oh, you know, I could fix this a little better 
and that a little better, but it's also gratifying when one comes back. This one's got full square skirts and the skirts are in good shape. And so that's, you know, they're not throwing it on the ground and bending the skirt upside down and intentionally just uh, not right. caring for it. Right. No, that's, uh, that's that, that reminds me of that horsemanship saying we've all probably heard, observe, remember, and compare. And that's what you just described. I think you just, you, you, see what's going on you pay, make a few mental notes and and uh try to do the next one a little bit better but your books are closed your saddles you you don't you know taking any more saddle orders these days trying to get a little bit closer to being caught up and and uh but you're doing i see you do a lot of accessory stuff that's kind of fun to watch i do and i know i'm not alone in this but I've I have to kind of protect my hands and I used to build I'd have two or three saddles building at a time and I wasn't doing all the small stuff then but I found that if I do one or two get one kind of almost done and then start another one it's the saddle work itself is a little harder on my hands and so this is just that really upper level intelligence, but doing smaller stuff is less work. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Like oh, any yeah. kind of work is not work, but um, I, I found that I've got into these and, you know, these shows, the art of the cowgirl is part of it. And then having a little website, I can sell these head stalls um, and I'm doing artsy kind of head stalls still very functional but um they're they're more as just as much for the looks as they are for the use mm -hmm. so and, and they're fun they're a blast they're a creative outlet that's um it, it's just fun to do so i mix that in with the saddles and also being on the ranch it's always a guessing game here is well, what time are we going to feed? Oh, oh, man, there goes a herd of cows by the window. You never know. I have to really plan when I'm going to put a saddle seed in because I want those continuous days. Oh, yeah. The whole project. Mm -hmm. done. And, you know, Carrie, even doing whatever else, you kind of have to block out some areas of time to do certain things because I really believe that you have to you have to keep that progression going on a saddle build mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just from the nature of the leather if you have to i hate to re-wet leather you know it just every time it's just like washing your hands and then not putting um some moisture back on them every time it's going to dry that leather make it a little harder make your job a little harder so if you can kind of keep the succession going, it it creates a better flow and it just makes your job easier. Absolutely. Yep. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I have to look at how much runway I've got out in front of me when I cut a seed out because I want to get things, get a candle binding on. I think when you and Brian Seifert hit, were here the other day, I had, had uh, 
had my seat. I was in kind of an awkward place. You could probably tell. <laughs> I had the seat that was pretty much ready to glue in, but I couldn't get her put in there. And I had had my candle bagged up because I didn't want that to completely dry out. And had to dab some water on it. So yeah, but yeah, yeah when you get an accessory stuff going, well, you know, I you can throw that stuff down just about any time. Short term, it's a short term yeah. commitment. So. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. That works for me. Um, it's, it's a good little flow of income, you know, for a saddle. Um, depending if you took a deposit or whatever, usually you're, you're more time to get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Larger item mm -hmm. takes you longer. So this little stuff, um, that keeps you a little flow of income and that keeps your supplies paid for. And, like I said, it's I, I just I only build the stuff that's fun. Right. I can I've learned to say no to that stuff. Like mm, no, I kind of do what I know how to do, or want to learn how to do. That's got to be one of the benefits of being in business a long time. In the beginning, we were just excited and needed anything and everything and did it all. And then as we age and you know, marketing and branding increases. Well, then we get to do what we want as we progress along. Yeah. Those, those little pieces have to have a bigger market too. They're not, not that they're easier to sell, but there's more people willing to purchase a smaller time commitment, right? Which is more economical. And so it does create good cash flow. And that that's one of my hard parts in the, in the bit and spur world is uh, everything I'm trying to do is bigger and more expensive a broader more time commitment and and that's the fun stuff for me right now but boy i can get a lot of time laid out in one piece before that next paycheck comes in if i'm not careful which I, it's kind of a catch-22 i'm doing what i want but on the other side the banker's like hey dude you ain't been paid in two months i'm like yeah no i only got two more months on this thing it's no problem okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> out there yeah. yeah that's true that's true and going to these shows um like I said, I went to one little uh, show down here in Bruno, Idaho a couple of weeks ago, and I, I I didn't quite get to Bruno when I moved south, but, you know, if I'd moved to Bruno, I, I might have just stayed there. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a really fascinating place to me, and I, and I know a lot of people there and, and really like, you know, good kind of people, so... I go to that show and, and then my inventory's kind of wiped out. So I come home and get back to work. But like going to the art of the cowgirl, I I have all this this little stuff and I've branched off into doing some graphic designs uh with my leather artwork. Hmm. And so uh I I don't want to get into a carnival atmosphere, but I do some little t-shirts and, and printed things like that, that not everyone wants or needs a saddle, but a lot of people will wear a t-shirt. So <laughs> that lets people come to me and talk to me. I don't want to be sitting there in a booth with one saddle that's not for sale. That's no, hard yeah. for me. If I have more mm -hmm. stuff sitting there, they can come in and visit and then we can talk about leather work and saddle making all they want. But it's, it's just, um, I can't go to a show and sit there and, and do 
leather work, the people that do that, I'm, I, boy, I'm there to sell stuff. If I'm not selling stuff, I don't need to be there. <laughs> so I kind of branched in, but, but other people do that. You know, I don't print the t-shirts myself or do the graphic design or, or any of that. I've got a girl that helps me with that, but it's just a way, like you say, not everybody needs a bit or a pair of spurs, but they might like a set of conchos. Well, how much time can you put into that stuff? Sure. Sure. Well, you certainly went, I was, I was Nancy's neighbor, Carrie at Art of the Cowgirl. And uh, she, she certainly uh, dominated the scene over there on our corner. I, I just, I caught them as they filtered out of her booth or coming by, but I didn't have a lot to sell. I was, I was that, I was that guy, like Nancy said, I had one pair of spurs that wasn't for sale. <laughs> well, as, as humans, you know, the sparkly stuff or maybe women anyway, attracts us. Mm. So that, that draws them in and gives them a reason to talk to you. If you'd been wearing a tie with Christmas lights on it, well, you could have me in a little better. I um, thought being the only man there would have been good enough, but it wasn't. <laughs> <good enough. laughs> I had to share the spotlight with John last year, last January. So yeah, that was all yeah but there was John with his one saddle and, <laughs> like a cowboy does with his hands in his pockets. Yeah, yeah. We were in we were in the course in the runway there, Carrie trying to get some sun and yeah. it was cold. Remember it was cold in Phoenix or Mace or Grant we were at Queen Creek, I guess. Yeah, I cold. cheated. I had a trailer last year. Yeah, you abandoned us. You... We were out of the elements. Yes. Yeah. It was nice. I had a lot of people visit me, I think, because I had a trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who'd have thought it'd have been chilly though in Queen Creek? You know, I, even I was thinking, oh, we get to go to Arizona. It's going to be warm. Phoenix, you know. You know what? It's it's still winter. It doesn't matter where you go in the United States. That's exactly right. And last week, Nancy, we had Martin Black on the on the podcast, and he said it. The cold was colder, and the hot was hotter in Texas, and. He's only he only stayed five years, but he sounded just like one there for a little while. So I was so proud of yeah. him for saying that. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot to be said for this high desert country. That that like this morning, you know, not enough moisture in the air for frost on the windshield. So you're thinking, eh, it's not bad out here. Yesterday morning, little frost. Boy, it's damp. We're freezing to death. <laughs> Same temperature, but just different humidity. Huh? Yes. Yep. Hmm. So, Nancy, you're you uh, on a daily basis. Listen up, everybody. This is this is what we all should be doing. You draw every day, pretty much. I think so. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your routine. You're out in the shop at five o'clock. Are you drawing at five o'clock? Um, not every morning, but I I tend to not make noise in my shop for a couple hours. Uh, <laughs> we know why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm pretty quiet in here, and and I can be drawn. Um, with all the color that I'm doing on these head stalls, um, I can be painting. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do and, and not make noise. But the drawing, 
uh, kind of going back to that notebook I had with all my classes and, and so that we decided, I think it was 06 that I came to your first class. That was the first time that I had ever, I call it sketching, learned mm -hmm. how to, to loosen up and sketch those designs. And now we've advanced to the gesture drawing, which I actually do that a lot. When I get an idea, I got a big pile of paper on the end of my bench. When I get an idea, I'll just grab one of them and I will very roughly gesture draw what the idea is and then put a note on it because in case I don't understand what the picture says <laughs> later. <laughs> but I, I try to do that and it keeps the ideas flowing and then it keeps them where I can actually remember when I go back to them. Good for you, Nancy. That it, is an awesome, yeah. awesome procedure. What you just described there is the golden nugget right here, isn't it, Willie? Absolutely. And it, it is so hard to do and so hard for me to do, right? I get the idea in my head. Oh, I know what I want to do. I'm drawing on TCA bit right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I, I know what I I know exactly what I want to do, but I have no idea what it is. Does that make sense? Right. <laughs> like I got that feeling and to get that feeling out on paper and I catch myself wanting to do the perfect leaf before I ever get started. Right. And and there's oh. no, there's no way to do that. And so the gesture allows those things to, I, I constantly find myself to, to start to draw that first line and go, whoa, whoa, we have no idea where that line needs to go yet loosen up get things down there do the gesture process and then and then you start to refine things you know and away you go but i constantly have to remind myself all the time loosen up and it's so important so good on you for for having that paper there where you can just do it that's awesome it's definitely um something you do have to constantly remind yourself because I think in general, doing the handcraft that we do, we are more structured people by nature. Absolutely. And and so learning that to loosen up and get the ideas started and not force the idea, let the idea develop itself is, right. is really valuable and it's it's really hard to do. You know? it is hard There's to do. a lot of wisdom in what you just said there. You just stacked another golden nugget onto another one from earlier. That's that's good stuff right there. Where's well, they teach us from, if you went to kindergarten, I guess, from the first grade, do a good job. Do it neat. Yeah. You know, they're teaching us the opposite from day one. Yeah. And so you have to get up to that age where you realize you are your own boss and there are other ways of doing things. And maybe that other way will serve you better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, I'd, uh, my dad, will he'll love to hear that. He was anti-algebra and anything at school, right? So <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll like you putting the blame on the teacher in kindergarten. <laughs> but it well, is... I it is the truth, Nancy, you know, I mean, we're so mechanical and so um, um, uh, driven to be perfect, you know, and, and that uh, we do want to be, we, we do want to make it perfect the first time. So to, to do gesture just does not make sense that you're ever going to get there. It's, it's impossible to think about that. Yeah. 
Now, what you do with that, uh, I believe it's called a CAD program. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just um, being structured to a whole new dimension. It is a I, whole new dimension. I have no idea how you do that. I watched one of your little videos, and, mm -hmm. and honestly, I told Carrie, it just freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> and that this is robot stuff here. This is sci-fi, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't see myself. I don't have any desire to go that way, but well, I don't see any need for you to go that way. Right. I no. mean, there's no need, but it, what, what's not seen about that, Nancy is the gesture part that happens beforehand. And, and over the years, as I've used the computer design, um, computer aided design, that's what CAD is, is that it, I can do some more creating on there, but before all I could do, was take a drawing off a piece of paper and copy over the top of it. That is the only way I could see those lines happening is, is if it happened mm -hmm. exactly like we're talking about. And then you can do that. So you, so you draw it on paper, take a picture with your phone, and then download it on your computer and, and onto the program and trace over the top of it. And, and But then what that then does, is no different drawing with templates or using protractors and compass dividers. It just, it's just drafting. I mean, it, it's all that is, but... Um, that doesn't work with scrolls and flowers and all that businesses that, that doesn't work too good. Now to elaborate even more, you opened up a can of worms there, but to elaborate a little more, uh, having the Wacom tablet, which is um, a screen, a computer screen that has a pen that accepts drawing just like it's on paper. It's just digital. So you can draw straight onto the computer screen. And you would do that. The, the, the computer, I mean, yeah, the computer part, the um, program may be a little foreign to you for a minute. But once we got the recipe down where you could just start drawing on paper, then voila, away you go. And that's mm -hmm. the way that happens. And it's no different. But it gives you the ability to have a stack of papers at the end of your table that don't ever get confusing, right? They're all stacked right there under your computer. I guess it's confusing until you figure out the computer part. But it's just the way technology is growing, you know. It's crazy what's happening there. Yeah, it computers I can see and maybe if you're more if you can see the value in it for your program. Sure. Um I can see wanting to learn more of that. I I'm kind of backed. I always told people that I wanted to you know, people was playing with the rope and trick roping. I always said, I want to learn to rope right before I do that trick rope and stuff. So <laughs> right. I still want to get good at the, the basics, what I call the basics of drawing and design before I would ever want to go to another level like that. And if you don't have the basics, it doesn't matter what kind of technology you have. It, it, I mean, and me and Carrie talk about technology, he had his son TJ on and we get way deep into technology. But if you don't have the basics down, I don't care how much technology you have. Bad design is bad design, no matter how you did it. Right. So, yeah. And, and it's going to look bad. I don't care how good you executed that bad design. It's still going to look bad. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Your story. <clears throat> Yeah, that's uh, fu fundamentals. We asked Ryan Motes there uh, a few months ago about fundamentals. He he gave us kind of a wordy answer, but the, bit, the bottom line is fundamentals. You've 
you you cannot abandon those even after you learn how to trick rope you can't you can't abandon your fundamentals so what 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 will get so many makers in trouble applying to the tca is fundamentals they get so caught up in the art aspect and trying to do something that's that's so elaborate and thrilling and, and visual impact but some stitching will be crooked or the mouthpiece is off or whatever, you know, it's the fundamentals that will often get overlooked if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I come from Carrie's class there, I made a list and it ended up with seven items, even though the first thing and the last thing are the same, but um, I just put it on a piece of that scrap paper and I tacked it to the wall right here in front of my bench. And um the the first item says do clean work in big cap letters and then the second one says make the build details as important as the creative slash artistic details and really i could have just left it at that because <laughs> that to me personally that says don't get in such a big hurry to finish something that you skip over and and don't be as smooth as you need to be or as clean. I had a saddle customer one time and he was kind of a serious gentleman and and he said, you know, I just hate when I pull the string button off a saddle and there's a nail bent over. <laughs> and Ooh. trust me, on his saddle and every saddle since, I am very careful not <laughs> to bend over a nail and, <laughs> and leave it that way. It, what I'm saying is the mantra kind of is do the best you can possibly do. That's right. As they say, do um, do what you know until you know better than do better. Right. Mm -hmm. That's pretty well it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I often say uh, don't ever let good enough be good enough. Right. Um, sure. Now, there is a good enough to the day. If you don't know how to do it better and you've done it the best you possibly can, don't sit there and fret over it wishing you, I, you know, like I can't, I'm not John Ennis. I, I can sit there and fret over every piece I ever built and say, I wish I could be John. Well, that's not going to do me any good. I'm not John. Right. But, but yeah. I do the best that I can be and the best that I can do. And then if you're cutting, cutting corners, that is bad for the reputation. It will catch up. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to make myself sound too good here. I don't, I rarely throw pieces away right. um, it, unless it's something I can't live with. But um, I tend to practice on projects is what I say. Mm -hmm. And if, if it wasn't quite right, remember that and do better next time. But I know there's people that they're so particular about their work, they don't get anything done. That's right. And I'm not that person. I'm not either, Nancy. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm right there with you. There are some things that come out of my shop that is, I'm not the most proud of. I, I, I like it just for whatever reason, it didn't, it didn't fit the way I wanted it to. And, and I don't have, I don't mean fit like y'all do as, as saddle makers. It didn't fit my, my taste, you know? Right. Um, but uh, I do the best I can with it and, and move on to the next and away we go. And I, and I'm not allowing crappy work to come out of the shop. I mean, there, there's fundamental things that you can't allow and in welding, you can't have porosity in your, in your welds. And there's certain things that you just simply can't allow to happen, but 
yeah, you, you do the best you can and, and, and stay true to the integrity of the project project. You know? Yeah. Yep. As long as you don't use that as an excuse for, well, this might break, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you got to keep right. your level of quality up there. Yeah, your name's like still going on it. Your name's yeah. still going on it. The bad reviews um, come in a lot quicker than the good ones, so and spread a lot quicker. So you dang sure um, I've had, say, column students, people show me a picture of something, and, and I think, well, if it's good enough for you, it's not affecting me personally, but <laughs> <laughs> I've also got one uh, friend that I help when I, when he needs help. And he sees things that I'm like, Holy cow, I would have never seen that. So yeah. it's, it's good uh, both ways when you're connected like that to observing and it makes you uh, kind of keep up your level there. So I question for you too. Um, do you find that some people are more, like there's a difference between looking and seeing. And and I know in my own world, there's certain things that I look at, but I don't see it as a bad thing. Where there's other individuals from a mechanical standpoint, oh my gosh, I can't believe you allowed that to, to slip. Where me from a design deal and being a design guy, I'm like, I can't believe you let that crooked scroll happen, you know? <laughs> and he's like, ah, it's no big deal. So I, there's probably different different ways but i know there's a difference between looking and seeing my dad always told me that you're looking but you ain't seeing it's like i know <laughs> <laughs> well nancy and i have a little story about that uh when her and brian and brian seifert jeff lincoln were here when was that i guess a couple two three weeks ago or so and and uh it wasn't even a planned deal i think brian or somebody maybe it was you nancy says well let's let's have a look at some of the of your full car fender patterns and stuff. So I start rifling through things. And so we, next thing you know, we're critiquing my work <laughs> and, and it was awesome. Yeah. I, I never really planned it that way, but I'm going to have to remember that because what a valuable experience. And, and so some of this work of course was a couple of years old or a year old or whatever. And, and I was looking at it with brand new eyes and and Nancy's from then on that I had little gaps or little openings on the that had had a little bit too much for her taste a little too much negative space in there and but she kind of evolved around that but but the whole process the discussion and and as you say seeing and not just looking at different things I I just thought that was that that was my golden nugget was to be able to take a critical look at some of the stuff that and it, the observe, remember, and compare, and all of that is to is to uh, move forward with an a fresh look, a new a new start on the next thing. Well, you it, know, I'll tell you, Wilson, that <laughs> I thought well, because I didn't want to be rude and, and act like I was teaching the class and that I didn't. <laughs> but i thought well if i go if i cross a line he'll just 
call me later tonight and say, oh, we canceled tomorrow's class. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, you, you know what, Nancy? I encourage the same thing in some of my classes and, and not in all of them. And with people, I'll take a critique from anybody. And if I'm going to be blurbing my mouth out there, then, then, and I, and I actually, I have a bit of a hunger, just like Carrie was talking about for other people's view of what I, what I have to, to what I've created, you know, and, um, it's so valuable, so important. And we, man, my whole career, I don't have to do everything somebody likes or doesn't like, right? I, I mean, I, I get to do it, but I would like to hear opinions. And there's so often from from people that are just beginning, well, why'd you do that there? Why You didn't follow your rules here. And like we were talking about articulating and demonstrating, you know, you learn so much and you, that's pointed out to you. And you're like, you know what? You're right. I didn't do that. And uh, and maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe there's a learning opportunity there of why we didn't do something. Um, but but it is really nice hearing people's opinion. And sometimes it, well, there's always taste, uh, the style and taste, right? I have some very close friends mm -hmm. that their style and taste is 180 degrees away from me. And I know they don't like my scroll work and the way I design bits and spurs, but we're still great friends, right? It's all okay. There you go. Early on, I always used to, it's it's real common for what we do in, in any craft. If you're working by yourself, you kind of get into your own thing and mm. things look fine. You think you're doing great. Well, <laughs> if I should, if I should go to Dale's or I run into Dale, boy, immediately I'm like, Oh, Dale's going to see that, you know, <laughs> and, then you, and then or out in public immediately things yeah. become very apparent to you that you didn't see in your own shop. So that old that old work does the same thing for me, seeing work that's 10, 15 years old. I have a I have a bit in the shop right now that's that's uh, oh, it's it's I know it's 10 years old and maybe a little older than that. And uh, yeah, you know, you, you go back and reevaluate like, man, did I. How did it wear? Because that's important. How does it look yeah. 10 years from now? How Does it hold up? You've heard about people seeing, talking about old movies and watching it again. Well, I thought it was great back then, but it wasn't with the crap now. You know, we're, <laughs> we can still watch John Wayne and McClintock, and it holds up every time I watch it, and I've watched it 42 times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's yep. <laughs> so important to be able to hold up, though. Don't you feel that, Carrie? You, I know you kind of tell people they can bring their saddle back in a year and get it cleaned and oiled. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you see yeah. that, seeing your own, to me, it's kind of gratifying if I see something older that still looks good. Yes, absolutely. Think, oh, mm -hmm. but then you see something. Uh, one day I was visiting with Bob Park and he said, oh, man, I look at my work five years ago and I think, oh, I wish I could take that and throw it away. <laughs> and I I thought, oh, man, you just ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not sometimes me. It's true. And then sometimes it, it isn't. But well, have you ever looked back at something going, why did I quit doing that? Like, that's awesome. How yeah. come I quit yep. doing that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or I that's wonder how I, was, I did that. That's what I was going to say. You. I think it's an art of, you know, you got to know when to celebrate success mm -hmm. and be able to celebrate it. And that's what Nancy's yeah. talking about. I think And you look at, I look at a candle binding. It may be 
you know, five stitches per inch, which is, le- that's, that's uh, not quite as fine as what I'm doing right now, but I look at it, dang, man, I was doing a pretty neat candle binding back 20 <laughs> years ago. Am I doing that good now? And kind of celebrating that, the fact that that was a pretty, that the hand sewing on that was really, really good. But at the same time, you know, you know beat yourself up a little bit over stuff that you know you could do better now you are doing better now well the, the other so you know don't don't drink the kool-aid you look at you look at something you've done a long time ago and you're like man i did good but that ain't going to do the next one so you have to stay focused you can't get out of yeah. out of character there mm-hmm. you know i mean pat yourself on the back but after you get done knocking yourself down patting yourself on the back get up start over right get her going yeah, yeah. another good yeah. job yeah, and give yourself credit for advancing that yep. your work isn't going the other way. Yeah. If it is, then maybe you need to reconsider or you know step it back up. But you can't can't beat yourself up every day and no, <laughs> makes no. the fun out of it. But you do you do want to keep uh, a, making progress. I do. I have a backup plan, Nancy. That it, when it gets to that time, you know to step aside that my work has gone downhill so bad it's ruined my reputation i'm gonna go be a greeter at walmart i got this figured out well you we're working on our second career right here we're gonna become <laughs> professional podcasters willie <laughs> well as good as this job is paying i better stick with the bit and spur business yeah, at yeah. The moment, Boy, right? isn't that the truth <laughs> Well, we're probably coming up against our hour or so, but I, I wanted to pivot for a moment. Congratulate our good buddy Wilson Capron for his Western Horseman. Oh. What is it? An honorable mention award that I see in there? Yeah, that was I mean, pretty cool. That is cool. But their best of the West. They have. I had. I haven't publicly announced that or anything. But yeah, uh, I came in honorable mention on the deal. So top three. That's cool. So yeah. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel to have Carrie Kelly ahead of you? And then, hey, you know what? Did I just did I say publicly that? You say that, that out loud? I think, I think it's awesome <laughs> that Carrie did. There's a lot to learn from Carrie, and uh, his marketing and branding is incredible. And he owns <laughs> Fort Worth, so you know what? Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> now, now a hat maker. I'm not sure what they were. I don't, who was the hat maker? Was number one, right? Who was the hat maker? I don't remember. My dad was Brooks was it a Brooks or nah I don't remember now I don't I don't remember either so I I won't I'll be nice to the hat makers too <laughs> yeah no you know it, it is all marketing and branding and name recognition and and uh hey there, there's a lot to learn and a lot to do there and, and my business is perking up because I have embraced it more but and that helps thank you Western Horseman right for getting yep. the name out there and, and uh, promoting what's going on so Congratulations. Congratulations to Pop, too. Yeah, Pop was honorable mention. Absolutely. Which which is cool. You know, I mean, uh, of course, anytime you go someplace with with my dad, you're you're in the shadow. I promise you are the shadow. Nobody sees you because they all know him and talk to him. And and, but but he was going up some uh, some pretty well-known artists on that deal. I was impressed that that Pop came in where he did because there was some very well-known artists that that were. Mm-hmm. nominated for that so that was cool our old buddy tim cox he, yeah he's, he's a winner winner yeah scoop that and cool. another thing too did you probably didn't know the stanley family uh nancy but uh 
Mike Stanley. I went to high school with him and uh, his company, Stanley Forage Professional. What, oh, what's the name? A hate company? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I went to high school with him. He's a couple, oh, two, three bad. years older than me, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he scooped the award for the, the feed business, Stanley, S-T-A-N-D-L-E-E. Well, that's based right there in Jerome County where I grew up, right mm. across the river from where you grew up. So yeah, kind of kind of neat. You drive so. that road, you're going to see those trucks on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the mm -hmm. Twin Falls in that country. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tell you guys, since I started listening to this podcast, um, this is an outstanding direction that you're going here. You, um, because it's, you kind of, people have told you, um, maybe a few, that they, some people look at the TCA members as thinking they're above other people. Yeah. And I really think that's the jealous craftsmen that are saying that. But I I like what you're doing in the sense that it makes you more approachable. Yeah. And I get people in the booth, you know, at the Art of the Cowgirl that act like they're afraid to talk to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And and that makes me uncomfortable because I am I am not anybody. I'm just a person that sits in their shop and works all the time and that's my life and i'm good with that you know yeah. but well, you guys um you're doing this you're becoming more approachable and you're educating people thank you man um, there's there's something to be learned from every interview that you're doing and and i think that's great there's every buddy except me has a podcast now <laughs> uh you know some of them i i won't listen to if i don't like the sound of their voice or the words that are coming out of their mouth sure. but you know like you guys this has value well thank you man thank you Schwartz's idea we should well, probably we should probably go to interview school and think Schwartzy maybe Rogan yeah we should well, one of the reasons was to try to improve my communication skills. I'm not sure if it's this is helping or not, but uh, you know, no, that honestly, that's part of what what Nancy was talking about. That's one of the things we wanted to do with this, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of bridge that gap between who we are and on some kind of pedestal. I certainly can't place myself on a pedestal, but uh, we're just regular people that are trying to do the best job we can each and every day. It it may be funny that we feel like people do put us on a pedestal, but you, just like you said, Nancy, you're sitting in a booth and, and you can tell people are apprehensive about walking up and saying hello, you know, and, 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 and that's how I feel about seeing somebody famous. And I'm not that we're all famous, but I do, but if you're known before they see you, you know, when they see you, they know you, well, that's, you don't want to be that person. Oh, hello, John Wayne. You know, I, I would, if John Wayne walked in, I'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to walk up and say, hi, John, you know, but, but I, I always appreciate those people that do do that and that, that come in and say hello and, uh, or wherever we're at, you know, to, uh, whether it's a, 
an event or whatever, they step up and say hello. I, I always appreciate that. And the podcast has done a wonderful job for that. And, you know, and the other thing too, Nancy, you're talking about the education part of it is, is that was one of our ideas too, right, Carrie, is, is the, how many conversations have we had on bar stools with a drink in our hand that we wish people could hear? Mm-hmm. You know? And it just some of the value and the information. And the reason I got to be a member of the TCA when I was 30 years old, because I had two men in my life that refused to allow me to not learn the things that they had learned over the previous 50 years. They insisted that I listen to them. Mm-hmm. And they funneled me down this path, being Greg Darnell and my dad, Mike. So, you know, I would like to share the same stuff. And, and the podcast is not necessarily edu- all educational, but there's tidbits of value, gold nuggets in every conversation for people mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what's cool, too, is like having you in here, sharing your experiences. And, and uh, Carrie and I, I mean, we're, 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 we're two facets of a huge diamond that's got facets all over it, you know. And, and that's what you guys, from and all the different ways for it. It's Martin Black or Ryan Motes or our craft peers, you know, they get to share their life story. And that's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Part of why I waited so long to teach was because I didn't feel that I was good enough to teach someone else, Mm -hmm. but I've finally figured out I've got some basic skills and that I need to learn how to teach them. And that teaching doesn't stop me from learning. I can I can keep learning at the same time. And um I like to meet someone um like you guys for someone to come into the TCA show. Well, people look at your work and they're amazed by it and they probably don't understand it. So I think once you get to meet someone, you'll have a better understanding of that work. And it makes it seem less magical and mystical to them. Well, yeah, because they, they meet, they look at Wilson, they say, well, that guy's just a regular old dude. He, if he can do it, surely I can too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And that's, you know, I don't, I got a left hand. I always said I just had a left hand, so I had a match set. You know, <laughs> I don't have special skills, but I I truly believe that if you stay at something and work at it and try to learn that you can get better at it. And if you Mm -hmm. don't get better, then go to someone else and learn from them because you can't, you can't go to one person sometime. They might tell you how to do something and carry back to your horsemanship. One person might tell you, explain, feel to you. And and you don't get it at all, but you go to another guy and he explains it. And it's like, oh, that's what, what's his name was telling me. And I didn't mm-hmm. understand. So, mm-hmm. that's right. you know, I think don't just hook your wagon to one star and say, well, I use Dale for an example in, in his video and how he builds things. He has some ability that not us mere mortals have, and he doesn't understand we don't have that. So we have to kind of learn how to do what he's doing in our own method. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, friends, should we call it a wrap and go clock back in, get some work going here today, so. 
Yeah, the snowflakes are falling. Is it? Yeah, it is here. Yeah, not yet here, but I got an indoor job, so I'm good. Yeah, same here. Wilson's in Texas. He's probably good. So. We're fine. We're fine until it's cold, and then we're still fine because we're inside. So There okay. you go. Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. I told Carrie you could ask me when he run out of interesting people. So <laughs> no. uh, thank goodness you figured out some technology I could do, and we didn't have to burn up any more brain cells trying to figure out how to do this. Well, you taught us something, Nancy, by, and, and it was a deal uh, – it was difficult. The, the other app was difficult, and the way it's working now is, seems to be really easy. And you should, I'll tell you what difficult was. On the old app, Kerry would have lag time because he has caveman <laughs> internet, and he'd go to talking, and it would get, uh, 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 and I'm like, what is he saying? And now I have to respond in an intelligent way. So you noticed yeah. I didn't. I didn't talk as much this time because I could understand Carrie. There wasn't any gaps to fill in. So. <laughs> I just figured I didn't let you talk, but it the no. lag time wasn't there. That was good. So yeah. you're welcome. Here I thought I was just no. burning up your billable hours trying to figure no. out that app. And you did it. Turns out I was helping you out. So you did. thank you, ma'am. So. Good. Thank you. Thank you guys both. All right. Appreciate Some you. Good work. We'll see you soon. All okay. right. Take care. Adiós.